If you are just getting started with the NGSS and 3D teaching, I want to invite you to check out Bring Wonder Back, an on-demand video series designed to help you understand why moving through the textbook and teaching topics is actually crushing your students' curiosity and what you can do instead. It's going to help you shift the work of learning where it belongs by building your understanding of explorations and discovery-based teaching practices. And finally, I'm going to help you take the first steps toward transforming your students into scientists through 3D learning, which is really what the NGS is all about. You can access this video series at iExploreScience/wonder and get ready to bring wonder engagement and a love for learning back to your science class. All right, to the show. Welcome to the Teaching Science in 3D podcast. My name is Nicole Van Tassel. And I'm Erin Sadler. And we are two science teachers dedicated to helping you cut through the confusion and meet the intent of the NGSS so you can master all three dimensions. The NGSS can seem totally overwhelming, but implementing these standards doesn't need to be. Hey guys, this is Nicole Van Tassel back with another uh, Thursday Thought. Um, so I have been doing pre-K at home with the kids and, you know, the Van Tassel household this year. And I, I shared, I've shared this before, so it might sound familiar, but I decided at the beginning of this year, like I was fully committed to making everything optional. I mean, it's pre-K, right? It should be optional. I do not want my daughter's first experiences with school to be, a forced thing you know this learning can is still she's still so young learning should be her choice and this really translates to me working really extra hard to get my kids to the table or floor or like couch or wherever we are the learning is about to happen but in thinking about how I wanted my daughter to learn it's really been challenging my own ideas of like what should we be doing in the classroom shouldn't we always be working to get our kids like to the table and there's quotation marks there um now, I've always worked, and I'm sure you do too, and so I don't want to say, I don't want to offend. Like, I've always worked to make learning enjoyable and even exciting. Like, I'm a nerd. I love learning. I want my students to, learn, to like, love it too. But I've also always had this mindset of, you know, somewhere buried in my brain, it's school, so you have to do it, right? This is the, the subject we're learning, so you have to learn it. Um, and here's my challenge to you here. And I'm encouraging you to kind of like try on this thinking. If it's, it's going to feel weird and you're going to have a lot of arguments, but just try it on. Like what if they didn't have to? What if they did not have to do that activity or did not have to learn that content, but you just wanted them to? Like how would you draw them in? And it's got me thinking like, Engaging our students is really a key part of learning. So how do we make that happen? And then along those lines, how have we been engaging our students thus far and have we been approaching it the wrong way? So what does engagement look like for you? I feel like a lot of times our classrooms, we, we kind of go with this like shallow engagement. And even like our kids, I totally admit to this. I'm like, hey, eat your, eat your bite of broccoli and I'll give you a, a cupcake at the end of dinner or something. I, I confess, like I've, I've done bad things like that. Um, <laughs> but we, we go with these like shallow games or these like knickknacks or Jolly Rancher treat rewards. And I mean, I love Jolly Rancher treats. Like that's awesome. But 
because we're focusing on those little things, we've kind of lost sight of like the bigger tools that we have to draw students in and really the things that truly drive all of us. Things like community and collaboration, things like being valued and appreciated, um, actual curiosity, these feelings of building success and confidence, like that's addictive. We, we get a taste of success and confidence and we want more of it. That, that burst of oxytocin we get when we have an aha moment um, and we master something. Choices and autonomy, feeling like we are in control and have ownership. These are all things that make us feel good, like legitimately chemically feel good. Our, our brain gives us chemicals that make us feel good when we engage in these things. So the question is, like, how can we infuse more of those things into our classroom to make it easier to get our kids to the table? There's nothing wrong with your Jolly Rancher rewards or your knickknacks or your games. Like, sometimes I play games with my kids too. But, but we can also find these deeper ways to engage our students and, and really foster that intrinsic motivation so that they come willingly to the table, again, quotation marks to the table, ready to learn. Because when our students are truly ready to learn, when they're truly interested, when they're truly motivated, not by an external reward, but because of something within them that says, I want to know this, I want to figure this out, I want to, to do this with you, that is when they truly, truly learn. So my, my, my thought for you today is just, how can you integrate some of these things into your classroom right now? You don't have to make these big, like crazy big changes and totally revamp your whole curriculum, but just some of these little things. How can you bring more community or collaboration in? How can you um, share, make, make students feel valued and appreciated? How can you bring more curiosity and wonder and student questions in or give them more choices or autonomy? Um, like authentic, real choices and autonomy? How can you build confidence and create situations where they have those aha moments and, and realize for themselves that they can do this, they can master that, and that that is a good feeling that they want to see happen again? How can we do that in our classroom so that, again, we're not fighting to drag our students to learn with us, but rather they're coming to us like more willingly? Because... Again, like I know it's school, so they have to, but like what if they didn't have to? What would you do differently? How would you reframe things to, to draw them in? That's my challenge for you today. I don't have all of the answers. I have some answers, a little bit too many for this Thursday thought, um, but I'd love to, you know, find ways to work with you and collaborate with you. Keep following me on Facebook, on the podcast, Instagram, connect with Aaron and I. Um, check out, you know, the programs and workshops and everything that we're, we're going to be doing. But um, I don't have all of the answers, but I want to get you thinking. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Uh, remember, you can drop a note and let us know what you're thinking about the podcast. You can connect with us on any of those social media outlets. You can check out our blog. We love connecting with you or our blogs. We have each have our own. Um, but we love connecting with you, and I'm really glad that I was able to share this Thursday thought with you. Have a wonderful weekend, guys. Making sure that your lessons are three-dimensional isn't always easy. While you don't need to include all three dimensions every single day, you do want to make sure that each dimension is regularly addressed. I developed a really simple 3D planner to help keep me focused. 
It helps me track which pieces I'm using in my daily lesson plans. It only takes me five minutes to fill out, and it helps me notice patterns in my own lesson planning. For example, when I first started using it, I noticed I wasn't including the cross-cutting concepts as often as I thought I was. Just by recognizing this, I was able to focus on this one piece and improve my lessons. Right now, you can grab the same template that I use for my own planning for free. Go to sadlerscience.com slash 3D planner to grab yours. That's sadlerscience.com slash 3D planner.